Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is day 159 here in the Zen Room, as we enter into our 40th episode. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the ubiquitous Tommy Gibbons. Ubiquitous? Ubiquitous. Hey, bitches. How are you, sir? I'm okay. How are you? All right. We have we missed you last week. How'd it go? It went okay. It went okay. We had a good show. Okay, good. Yeah. And how was your uh, week off? It, uh, well, not really a week off. Good. You were busy in tech rehearsals. It, yeah, yeah, it was. It was a rough week. Yeah, it really. It was a rough week. It was a, a, a difficult show, more difficult to do than it looks. Now, this was a kid's production of American Idiot, correct? Yes, high school, high school students ah. doing American Idiot, yes, with a live band. It ended up being, like, a, I, you laughed at me, and you asked me if it opened well, and I said, no, but it closed well. <laughs> yes. And it's because it wasn't ready to open. I still haven't really finished staging it. Okay. Um, but then what happened was there was a performance Friday night which was one of those they got through with no blood no screaming no crime no puking it was a success type of Of course that sounds good then and then Saturday they did an afternoon performance and then Saturday night as they they had just started the evening performance and they broke the set Oh no! Yeah, which was you know scaffolding. But here's you know here's this this Green Day and it's punk rock. And it's all about being angry and jumping up and down. So and, and, so it worked. So and not only did it work, but it kicked them up a notch. Oh wow! Because that the show had to stop. They had repairs, and and oh, then they man. went back on and just kicked ass. And um, it ended up ending well. It ended great. Oh cool! So yeah. Yeah, I was happy for that. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we went to go see a show this past weekend. What did you see? We saw a production of an adaptation of Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being uh, Earnest. Oh, I heard about By this. East Lime Theater. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that more later in We Like to Watch. Oh, okay. So I have quite a bit to say about it, actually. All right, okay, all right, all right. But yeah, in the meantime, we had some really great news yesterday. What happened? We achieved over 2,000 oh, downloads now. 2,000 downloads? And yep. it only took, what, three three years? Nine months. Nine it months? only took nine months. Okay. <laughs> nine months. So, Actually, so- when you consider that, it took five months to get to 1,000 downloads and only four months to get to 2,000. So I think I'd show some sign of improvement there. I'm thinking, is this one of those math tests? Like, if a train leaves St. Louis, <laughs> traveling at 60 miles per like, am I supposed to figure out how many is an acceptable number for next the next 1,000? It would be three months. I don't want you to tax your mind that hard. Okay. <laughs> but yes, logically speaking, the next 1,000 would be in would three be months. Would be three months. So we'll see what happens in September. September. But it what turns else? out, because we're, uh, we, we're active on social media, on Twitter and on Facebook, and I was contacted by a young lesbian in Tennessee. And... Uh, Sorry, the wine went down the wrong hole. <laughs> you okay? Which never happened. No. Yeah, because any hole will take the wine. It just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, right, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So anyway, I was contacted in a private message by this young lesbian down in Tennessee. In, I don't want to say her name or anything. Question, in Tennessee, lesbian in Tennessee. But she contacted me because what it was, she had some gay pride apparel. Okay. And she wanted to wear it in public, but she wasn't sure what the reaction was going to be to it or anything of that nature, okay. you know, and... You know, she had just, I guess, recently had come out in the, in the I guess, recent time. So what'd you do? What'd you tell her? I told her, I said, well, first of all, I don't see, I said, I don't see anything wrong, generally speaking, with you wearing your pride apparel in public. I said, however, I said, 
I do not live, you know, I don't live in Tennessee. I live in New York. I live in Long Island. And I, something tells me that she lives in a, possibly in a more rural area of Tennessee. How old, is this, how old is this person? I don't know how old she is, but I would say probably maybe late teens, early 20s. Uh-huh. So I said, you know, be careful anyway. You know, know where you're going when you're wearing it. I said, preferably, you're not alone. There'll be other people with you. And it, it basically, it, it turns out we got to talk more. She basically only has one other gay friend uh, where she lives. That's a male friend who's gay. And at the nearest LGBT establishment for them is more than an hour away from where they live. Yeah. That's not uncommon. No, it's not. It's, you know, we kind of, we tend to forget that because we're spoiled here in New York where you can easily find some, you know, queer organization or establishment here on Long Island or and definitely in New York City. Yeah, yeah. But I told her, you know, about checking out resources, you know, and, you know, especially I said, you, you may, I said, even by wearing the apparel, you may find out that there are more queer people living in your area than you may realize, well, you know? we all know that there are. Yeah. But, you know, but... In depending on where she lives, it may not they may not feel entirely comfortable coming out. You in know? rural Tennessee, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. But she actually she thanked me for giving her confidence. She actually she went out the next day and she wore it in public. Did she send you pictures? Uh, no, she didn't send me any pictures. Okay. But she wore it in public and she said there were no issues at all. And I was you know very glad. She thanked me. I she couldn't thank me enough. You know for giving her the boost of confidence. I said, hey, you know, anytime, if, anytime you have any kind of questions or any problems like this, I said, that's what we're here for. That's why we do yeah, this. That's what makes doing this podcast worth it. We can help people like this. Yeah, I mean, we can months help. ago, we helped someone over in Africa. Yeah, how'd that we turn out? Some, we never, I never heard any more back from the person. I don't know whatever happened to them. So Okay. But, you know, I, I now follow this this young lesbian. I now follow her on Twitter. So, I'll, you know, I guess I'll keep, you know, track of her, you know, her progress and what goes on with her and stuff. Keep us updated. Most definitely. Most definitely. And um, that was about it with that. And, of course, we're getting ready now for the Long Island Pride Parade. We're getting ready as we speak, actually. Yes, actually, Tommy is putting in little plastic tubes inside the holes of the flags. So we have pride flags to wave and distribute to the parade onlookers. They were talking about getting, you know, that they had to get the beads to give to the people, like Mark. Yes, that's what our original idea was. We were going to throw beads out to the crowd. So beads are expensive. Beads are expensive. So I got... Pride flags. Yep. Delivered. Yep, he did. And these are the perfect flags. They're just the right size. They're, they're, they're perfect to hand out along the crowd, crowd route instead of the, what do I want to say, beats. Right. But the fuckers have to be put together. You have to yes. like... Yes. It's like the Ikea of pride. So as we're sitting here, Tommy is putting together these flags. I am, I am sliding... And then once we're done with all that, then, because I don't know if you've you've seen on on our social media and our website, we posted pictures of our business card that we just got. Yeah, that's really funny. I love that. Yeah, right? And on the back of the card, there's a QR code, so you can scan it, and you go right to our website. You get all our episodes. It couldn't be easier. Right? And we're going to attach those with little, like these little dot, I don't know what the hell they, little adhesive dots. And we're going to attach those to the pride flags to hand out. Yes, because it's all about merch, bitches. And it's promotion, merchandise merch. and promotion. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we're getting ready. And, of course, if you live here on Long Island and you've never walked in a parade before, you don't feel like walking alone, you can join us, the grumpy old gay man their dogs. Look for our bright pink shirts that we'll be wearing 
Come uh, help us give out flags. Yeah, right. Exactly. I may have gone. I may have got too many flags. And if you're a dog owner, bring your dog down to walk with us. The more dogs to walk with us, the better. You know. So yeah. So that was a story about that. Well, that was interesting. Yes, it was. I thought so. We are now going to, of course, move on to our first segment, which of course is petting the dog. Well, otherwise known as heavy petting. Heavy petting. So what's the topic? Today's topic? Well, last week you weren't here. I wasn't here. We were discussing dogs and taking them out in the summertime and the heat and everything. Right, 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 right. Today's topic is dogs at the beach. Oh. Again, I don't have a lot of experience here. That makes two of us then. Okay. You know, actually, it's very funny because we brought Abigail to Cherry Grove about two weeks ago. Okay. We didn't even consider walking down to the beach at all. We just, because we went there... Basically, to pay off the remainder of our rental fee for okay. our vacation, and we had lunch there. We didn't even think of going down to the beach. And actually, I'm glad we did, because we had to clean her off. We didn't have anything to clean her off with or anything. Well, that's the first thing. Right? But in all this time, though, we have never actually brought her down to the beach. We've driven in, like, down to Jones Beach and sat in the parking lot during the you know the cold weather. But she's never been down actually on the beach. So I don't know if she'd actually like it or not, you know? Yeah, it's it's weird. I like a dog with hair. Right. And hair and the beach is gross and disgusting. Yes, it it's is. It's not like fur, where you could just sort of comb it out or brush it out. It comes off much easier from fur. Pickering didn't care. Pickering wasn't even, like, really into the water. He fell in the pool once. But he could swim. They can all swim. Yeah. Louis, I, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know if Louis, if those, if Louis should be at the shore. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Would he piss off Nautilus? Like, would he just... Piss off the ocean, Louis. Uh, he's... And here are some suggestions and recommendations for when you do bring your dog to the beach. From two gay men who have never brought a dog to the beach. Exactly. But number one, make sure your dog likes to the beach, you know? Yeah. I'd say before you go down there to plan to, to, plan to spend a whole day down at the beach with the dog, take a little preliminary trip down there real fast, you know? Bring her, bring the dog down there, see if, uh, how they deal with being on the beach, you know? You're talking about, like, location scouting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Location scouting. Location Thank you, scouting. Thomas. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, my, 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 sure. <laughs> and then next, of course, if you do bring your dog to the beach... You have to watch out for other dogs that are on the beach, especially if they are not on leashes, which more than likely they will not be. So you have to be a, a, account for that as well. I'd love to have one of those beach dogs. What's you a, know, some, what do you some, mean? Some, well, not like a like a frisbee chasing sort of big jumping, swimming in the water, surfboarding type. Okay. Dog. <laughs> Sort of like Spuds McKenzie. No, yeah, yeah. Well, certainly that, that's the attitude. I mean, just sort of that whole beach, chilled out sort of vibe. You, you want a beachcomber dog. That'd be, that'd be all right with me. <laughs> yes, yeah. it would be, I think. I'd never see it because I don't like the beach, but... Well, I, not that I don't like the beach. I love the beach. It's just that the circumstances have to, have to be very specific. Of course. Very, very specific. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, another tip is very important... Beware of hot sands. Hot? You hear how he lowered his voice there? Right, but dogs, you know, they can burn their paws easily on on hot pavement and hot roadways. They can also burn their paws on hot sand. Hot sand. So you have to be careful. Consider bringing ointment with you for your dog's paws. I love that word. Ointment? I love it. (laughs) 
It's so weird. Right? It's so weird. Also, you should bring a beach umbrella to provide a shady spot for your dog. Trust me. Because when you're down at the beach, you're down there to get sun, and your dog may not want to be in the sun. So make sure you have a shady spot and plenty of water for the dog. Plenty of water. Yep. Also, if your dog has a short coat or is freshly shaven, you should apply sunscreen with an at least 30 SPF. I never had a dog that wouldn't laugh at me if I tried to do that. What, apply sunscreen to yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's supposedly it helps them. They say you should apply it liberally to the ear tips, nose, and paws. And if your dog swims at the beach, you should apply a waterproof sunscreen. Of course. Well, Patrick, who wouldn't think of that? <laughs> who would have thought of sunscreen for dogs? But, but the person who does has pretty much got the waterproof thing covered if necessary. Yes. Also, when you get your dog home from the beach, make sure you rinse and clean it with clean water, preferably shampoo it. Which is you true do, of so many things. Because you, you do not want sand beach. stuck in the dog's hair. It can irritate the skin, cause rashes, and hot spots. Hello. Also, salt water can damage a dog's skin. And lastly, make wait, sure you how is that? What? Wait. What? Salt water damage the salt to how? Can damage a dog's skin. If the <laughs> dog is, dog's skin is not the same as ours, it can be sensitive to the salt water. I always thought skin was skin. Like, skin is skin. And and all I know is, let me tell you, all I know is that well, salt you, water makes my skin feel better, and I got sh- shit okay, skin. But some dogs may be sensitive to it, so. And some, not all skin is skin. Do you think your skin is the same as an elephant's skin? Well, that would be ridiculous. Well, so that not, not all skin is the same. So there. Okay. And then lastly, make uh, sure your don't dog... to put the, the waterproof fucking sunscreen on your elephant. <laughs> Yes, very important. Very important. That mother, he would rather, just just take me out of this, please. Jesus. Lastly, make sure you keep your dog's flea collar on because you can, your dog can get sand fleas. Could you imagine sand fleas? No, I'd rather not. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So that's all for our tips today on dogs on the beach. Did you enjoy those tips, Tom? I I absolutely, you know how I love a tip. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was, yeah, that was fun. And it was all make, made sense and all very, uh, yeah, that, that was good for you. Well, thank you. That thank was, you very much. You did a good job warning people about the dangers of sand ticks. <laughs> what are we talking about now? We're oh, now God, moving not... on to your favorite segments. What? Aren't there any months without birthdays? No. Happy birthday. <laughs> Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. I don't know why that pleases you so much. Because it annoys you so much. Well, it's annoying. (laughs) And of course, being that this is June, we are observing uh, Pride Month. Pride Month. For the month, as we... If you've been following us on Facebook and Twitter, we post every day different person from the queer communities uh, whose birthday it is. So who do we got? Well, today we have two lesbians. Oh my God, I love lesbians. Right? Who are they? The first one I was not familiar with, I don't think you will be either. Her name is Kim Stoltz. Stoltz, S-T-O-L-Z? That's correct. Okay, what? She was born June 8th, 1983, on the Upper East Side, the daughter of a Goldman Sachs stockbroker and a former fashion model. Oh, dear, okay. She graduated from Wesleyan University with a B.A. in government and politics. Okay. In 2005, she finished fifth in the overall rankings on America's Next Top Model. Wow. She later signed with Elite Model Management 
followed by Ford models. In uh, 2018, though, she was appointed the Managing Director at Bank of America Merrill Lynch as the head of America's prime brokerage sales. Okay. So this is like some smart woman, you yeah, know? Yeah, well, you sound surprised that such a thing is possible. Well, when, you, when I first saw her name, all I saw, I came up about her was the modeling. I didn't see anything at all about her business career right. afterwards. Okay. Stuff. Yeah. So I just thought, wow, what a flip side to that there is, yeah. you know? Your happy birthday, girlfriend. Yes, to Kim Stoltz, we say... Happy birthday! Happy birthday! I just want to die. <laughs> I want to die. And we now move on to our next birthday celebrant, also a lesbian, but sort of like the reverse of Kim Stoltz. She was born on June 8th. She is known as the mother of the AIDS memorial quilt. Her name is Gert McMullen. Oh my God, I love that name. She was born in Oakland, California. She eventually moved to San Francisco and became friends with Cleve Jones in 1986 and later the pride flag designer Gilbert Baker. Uh, when Cleve Jones d decided to convene a meeting of men to design some sort of quilt for people who have died of AIDS. She was the only woman of the uh, of the six people there who showed up for it. And she has, has stayed with the AIDS Memorial Quilt ever since. Okay. She is the primary um, seamstress for it, basically. Really? Yep. She has said that she has handled uh, basically all of the 50,000, over 50,000 panels oh, on that quilt. Shit. You imagine that? 50,000. 95,000 names. That's crazy. She, she originally started as a volunteer with the Names Project, and she now works for the National AIDS Memorial. Good for her. And in 2020, I'll tell you what a great woman that she is, when COVID hit and the pandemic was spreading, she used material from old quilt panels and began sewing masks for first responders and San Francisco residents where she lived. That's so, amazing. Right? So that's, that's quite amazing. I'm, I'm only surprised I never heard of her before. How old is she? Uh, I don't know. I always assume she's probably in her 60s, late 60s or 70s, maybe. But it's funny that she's considered like a co-founder of the quilt. What, the Names Project? But you always, the only name you ever hear of associated with it is Cleve Jones. So it's like, you know, is, is that, you know, male bias working there again? You know, that you never heard of her. You never hear of the woman. You only hear of the man. Oh, well, yeah. But I was led to, and actually it was very funny. I only, I only learned of her myself today. Because of a post that Cleve Jones did for her birthday on Facebook. How nice of Cleve. Wasn't that nice of him? Cleveland. <laughs> but anyway, to Gert McMullen, we say thank you and... And now we move on to our next segment. Today in History. That was good. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. Today in history, let's see if you can guess this book that was published. It was published on June 8th, 1949. It was this British author's ninth and final novel. It took place in the imagined future in the year 1984, where Great Britain was known as Airstrip One and had become a province of the totalitarian superstate Oceania, ruled by the party that employed the thought police to persecute individuality and independent thinking. So you're talking about 19... Is it, it's not Vonnegut. I can't... Who wrote 1984? Would be George Orwell. And you are correct. It's George Orwell's 1984. 
Did you read 1984? I did. I, I read think it. everyone has read it. I think it's like required reading in high school. Yeah, for some Yeah. And um, actually, it's good that it's required reading in high school, you know? Yeah, it hasn't done any good. Well, no, well, in our current political climate, maybe not, but... Didn't we see that on stage together? Yes, we actually saw the Broadway production of 1984. I was not that thrilled with the production. I was kind of underwhelmed by it. And I, I thought they were trying to draw, you know... Two obvious links to the then current President Trump. It was like really unnecessary to deal with the book. And it just did things that I didn't care for that much. Okay. And everyone was saying how bloody it was and how, oh, people had to leave and everything. I didn't think it was that bloody. But then again, I saw the Lieutenant of Inish War, in which the last scene, the entire stage is covered in blood. She had to take her curtain call covered in blood in a yellow dress. <laughs> right? She, like, had enough time to go off and wipe her hands across her eyes and then come out for a curtain call. <laughs> Covered in blood. Yep. But yes, yeah, so we saw the stage production of it. But it's a great book. It's a book that I think if you haven't read it, you should read it. Uh, a lot of the terms from the book have come into common usage now, like Big Brother is watching you, double think, double plus good. <laughs> And, of course, there are, uh, the, the equation 2 plus 2 equals 5 right, became right, famous right. from that. But probably the most famous line from the book, which probably is the best description of it, is... If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. That's pretty much a good description of what the book is portending for the future. That's charming. And also today in history, on June 8th, 1974... Hold on, I was there. June 8th, 1974. I was 12 years old then. I was six. I'm using my bat mind okay spider senses i have no idea well on this day in 1974 the lambda rising bookstore opened its doors in washington dc okay and they didn't invite me (laughs) this was back in the day when queer bookstores were basically like the social centers for gay and lesbian people back then in the uh, 60s and 70s. You, you you had some gay bars where people didn't always feel safe going to the gay bars. But the bookstores became, like I said, became like social centers for the community. Okay. That's where they learned what was going on in the community was in the bookstores. And one of them was this one, Lambda Rising in uh, Washington, D.C., which I actually went to some many years back in the 90s. I went there. I think I still have an, uh, this, wo- this wooden uh, keychain block that I have with a... Pride insignia on it or whatever. Is it a bookmark? No, not a bookmark, a keychain. Why would you? All right. Okay. <laughs> no, I did not get a bookmark. But anyway, I didn't realize that when that, have you ever heard of the Lambda Literary Awards? This That bookstore originated the Lambda Literary Awards. Okay. Now it's eventually taken over by a nonprofit group called the Lambda Literary Foundation. Okay. So and, gay books? Yep. And in 2003, it bought the Oscar Wilde Bookshop in Manhattan. Okay. You, did you ever be, go to that bookshop? I have never been to that bookshop. Okay. I, I went there once or twice. That was founded by Craig Rodwell who was a Stonewall veteran. He opened up back in 1967, and it was suffering on hard times, so Lambda Rising bought it in 2003. They eventually sold it to someone else in like 2008 or 9, and they tried to keep it open, but it was struggling between... Okay. You know, basically, it's an online competition and stuff, and that, and that basically brought an end to all these kind of bookstores. Right. The same think, way online hookups... Yep. Have destroyed all the bars. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, the Oscar Wilde bookshop closed in 2009. Lambda Rising closed in 2010. Yeah, there are no more of these bookstores anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but we thanked them for their legacy. They were a great place to go. Thanks for bringing us down there, Patrick. I'm sorry. I'll try to bring you up now with our next segment. What day is it? Could you please tell me? What day is it? Yes, it's what day is it? Oh, yes, it is. And today is National Upsy Daisy Day. Is there like a like a Facebook group for you people? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? You know exactly who I mean. I'm not sure I know who you're referring to. National Upsy Daisy Day. Remind me Upsy Daisy. Sorry. Is that when you hold the kid upside down and look at their face and say Upsy Daisy? Well, the day was created in 2003 by a woman named Stephanie West Allen. Her desire was was in creating the celebration to make humor, laughter, and a positive attitude part of the Upsy Daisy Day way. The day is set aside to encourage you to face the day positively and to get up Gloriously, gratefully, and gleefully each morning. I hate you. <laughs> I love that. Now that's how you do a sound effect. Each day is a gift. And if we remember that as we rise each morning, it will help us carry a good attitude throughout the day. Whatever the day may bring us. Life is full of challenges and bumps in the road. And it is our attitude that... Oh my God, does she shut up? And through the challenges to move onward with a smile. Shut up. <laughs> Who are you? Upsy da oopsie bot what upsy daisy day? Yes, and okay. I, I I'm sensing a lack of upsy daisy day spirit in you. Yeah, sense it. <laughs> Just, just don't ask me to touch it, okay? Uh, uh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> and that is so relentlessly optimistic that it depresses me. <laughs> it's just... Uh, Go ahead. Today is also World Oceans Day. Okay. It's an annual observation to honor, help, protect, and conserve the world's oceans. Mm -hmm. As the oceans provide us with many resources and services, including oxygen, climate regulation, food services, medicine, and much more. How arrogant <laughs> does a parasite have to be to, like, recognize... Well, it's a day to help where you concentrate awareness on a particular issue. This issue being the world's oceans. Yeah, which is like like 75% of the surface of the world. It's, it's it's something that you is there all of the time, every day, all day, every day. For now, with climate change, it could be affected. Don't forget, if we didn't have our oceans, we wouldn't have rain to water our crops and plants and everything, which we would, we would be fucked. You sound like you're writing a children's book. Without rain, <laughs> we would to service our crops. Well, I am talking to a child. Our, our crops. <laughs> Okay, I, I, uh, yeah, you know what? You know how I feel about these days. Like, the Earth don't need a day. It don't need a it day? It don't need a day. I like Earth Day. Oh, you like Earth Day? I like Earth but Day. But you don't like Ocean's Day. I like Ocean's Day. It's just that, you know, is there a Mountain's Day? There may be. There, well, yeah, if there is. I'm sure there it. is. Don't worry, if there is and we, it falls on the day we're recording, you know we're going to celebrate. Yeah, that, along with, you know, poisonous, rancid sewage. <laughs> They bother me. They bother me because it's so arrogant. I hate. I I hate that we think that we have the right to do something like that. But go ahead. It's this is yeah. 
This is why I have therapists go through. <coughs> I guess so. It explains a lot. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> so, so today in history is the oceans. Well, yeah. For what day is it? For what day is it? Day, day 152. 149. 159. 159. Day 159. Oh, it was so hot today. It was awful. It wasn't that bad. It was awful. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment, which is Turn Your Head and Cough. <coughs> Very nice. Very sure. nice. Anyway, today we're talking about a finding by the American Academy of Pediatrics that says that being trans... Is not a phase. Oh, well, thank God it it took them to say it. Yes. Well, what happened was the Academy did an examination of almost 400 transgender youth five years after they socially transitioned to the gender opposite of their birth gender to address concerns that youth making early childhood social transitions might later change their gender identification or re-transition. They don't. Well, they found uh, these 400 transgender youth at the end of this five-year period, 94% of them still identified as transgender, which is pretty pretty overwhelming. Yes. Right? Yeah. And what these doctors say is that, you know, parents, you, you know, that doesn't mean parents should not be concerned or have their fears or worries or whatever, but that if they want their children to be happy, validating and affirming their gender identity is a way to make sure they ought to help them be happy, you know, and have less psychiatric concerns over time, which is true, you know? Of course it's true, but it, uh, on the same token, if every parent could be supportive of their kid in every possible way, you know, maybe they wouldn't be shooting up schools with, 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 with guns, machine guns, 18-year-olds with machine guns. Yeah, we know. Sorry, that wasn't where we were. What, no, what were we discussing? We were talking about trans youth, you yes. know. You know, you know, you don't have to sell me on this one. I'm all for, I, I'm all for supporting everybody. Of uh, course. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, you know, there are some people saying, oh, well, you know, for them, you know, it's just a phase they're going through. They'll come out of it. Yes, it was the same thing. My mother wanted me to go see a shrink. Right. Because she thought that it was something that I, just being gay was going to be something that I was going to be. I went through a phase too, where I thought I was straight for the longest time. <laughs> it turned out I was wrong. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yes, I was. So, yeah, but what, all I'm saying is that, you know, you want the, the, the parents of the trans kids to support them and, yep. and to be wonderful, and yes, do that. Yeah. But all the parents do that, for all the kids, for the soccer kids, for the swim kings, for swim swimming kids, for the, you know, footskitball kids. You just support your fucking kids, bitches. What the fuck, right? Support your kids. And it's not, you know what it is sometimes? I think they think, like, it's a failure of the parent if the kid doesn't, like, win the trophy. Or conform to a certain way. Exactly. You doesn't know, take over the family business. They see it as a, business, see it as a personal failure it's a on personal their part. personal failing, right. And has nothing to do with them. That's that's what's that's that's why I think coming out to somebody is a gift because straight people don't have to tell don't have to say that you you have to choose to tell me you have to choose to tell me something so personal about yourself that I would never ask right that is so completely none of my business and you're choosing to tell me that and I think that that's a gift that yeah. somebody gives you when they come out to you it's just it's not treated that way all the time <laughs> mm, I know uh, that's all the story it's not about the parents it's not about you yeah it's, it's not, not about you. 
It's about the kid. And, and yeah. That's the bottom line of it, you know? And th- I tell you what, a whole lot of these kids, they don't give a fuck. They're doing what they do. Yeah. I'm yeah big, they got bigger balls than I ever had when um, I was their age. I'll about, tell you that. It's about as punk rock as you can get. Uh, yeah, right? Exactly. It's <laughs> a good way of describing it. I, I love it. I, I Trans is the new punk. <laughs> not, not even trans. It could be anything. It's just you know I what. Know. This is it. This is the deal. This is this who, is who I, I am. am. This is this is, and I don't have to explain it to you. That's the thing. Your kids. I don't have kids. No, neither one of us do. Okay, your kids don't owe you nothing. They do not owe you anything. That's to me, and I'm. I know a couple of people who have kids. I just don't think that that you have a right to expect anything from your kid. No, I you don't. know your kid is not. Am I wrong? You didn't give birth to your kid to set to fulfill your expectations, you know. And it's so beyond like a dance model. And to fulfill mentality. your dreams of what you didn't do when you were that age. Or even not even yes, yes. But also, you know, I believe that whole thing when you when you first find out you're pregnant or when you first deliver the baby and you hold the baby in your arms and the dreams that you have for that baby and the expectations that you have for that baby, and then the baby disappoints you. And you should be okay with that. And, and you should be okay with that because it's not about you. It's about the baby. Okay? So if you're disappointed in the baby... Too bad. It's too fucking bad. That's exactly bad. right. Too bad. You know... Uh, I know. I know. I just hope the meteor is sooner rather than later. <sighs> I'm putting together flags, bitches. You, you better keep, be there. You keep putting together flags, and I'm going to move us on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. <laughs> That is so satisfying. <laughs> That's exactly the right scream I want to. I want to do every time I hear you say those words, uh, and I can't. So, but, but hearing such a, it's exactly what's in my head. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Go ahead. I quite will. In our briefs. Oh God. Well, nothing new go. from the Supreme Court yet. Everyone's waiting for their decisions on Roe v. Wade, of course. Oh wait, they did something. They did something to Apple. Maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep okay. going. Do, do your thing. And also, they're waiting for the decision on New York's concealed and uh, right, carry right. gun concealed law. Carry law. But so there's really nothing new on those ends right now. But we can tell you about Louisiana. Louisiana became the 18th state to bar trans women from school sports. Hold on. What level of school? Uh, we're talking about in uh, high school and college, both public and private. But, of course, it does not affect intramural sports, and it does not restrict participation by trans males. It, which is just like... If we think we can beat you, you can play. Yeah. If we think you're going to beat us... You, you can't, can't play. play. Okay. It's just, it's so ridiculous. And it's so blatant and it's so clear. And who falls for it? Right. And why do you fall for it? And what is the problem? <gasps> the thing about the drag queens in Georgia, is it Georgia? I don't know if it's Georgia. I don't know. Can the, we stick to this right now? Yeah, I don't know well, what you're talking about. We got to go back. Because there's a thing right here about, they want to, they, they want to, they, they a law to stop. Oh, yeah. They want to bad, that's, they want to stop the drag time storytelling. Exactly. Yeah. Which is just so ridiculous. That's been one of the most successful school programs going on across the country. Yeah, getting people to read. But no, 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 that's no. a man in a dress. Can't have that. Can't have that. Bring, uh, make America great again. Anyway, well, in Louisiana, what's pissing some people off is that the governor is a Democrat. His name is John Bell Edwards. They passed a bill like this last year, and he vetoed it. This year, in the Louisiana legislature, they now have a veto-proof majority. Okay. 
So Edward said, well, since that's the case, I'm not going to veto it, but I'm not going to sign it either. And a lot of Democrats and a lot of trans and a lot of queer people down in Louisiana are like, fuck you yeah. and veto it. Yeah. You know, what kind of bullshit stand is that? Yeah. So yeah, so he's managed to piss off people down there, but which is not surprising. I used to think that... I. I, I I used to be very against term. Oh, not anymore. I'm fully for them now. I agree. I have, I'm, to, I have to say. I'm I tired agree. of us having professional politicians. It's, it's like having professional jurors. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um. It's a, it's enough already. Um. Yeah. It's not good. No. And I never. I never believed in it. No, I was against it for a long time, but people weren't serving in office the way these people were, for how long they're serving. They're voting for re-election, and they're not voting for what, even their conscience. Even the Supreme Court justices, they used to serve an average of like 20, 25 years. Now they're serving like 30, 35 yeah. years. And you know what I heard too, something you you may know about, there, there were, there are now nine Supreme Court justices, because when that decision was made, there were nine U.S. has to do with the courts. The, 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 the circuits. The circuits. The circuits. Yes. That there were nine circuits. That's what they were based on. The and, 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 right. So now that this so, so at one then, point, at one point, I think there were like 15 judges or 13 Supreme Court ju judges. Then it got brought down to 10. Then it came down to nine. I think it was even less than nine at one point. So it's not meant to match the number of circuits? No. There's no. Okay. It's, there's been no designation in the U.S. Constitution as to how many Supreme Court justices are required. Or who could be a justice. Or who could, Well, I think there's some minor qualifications. You know, like a U.S. citizen, age, whatever. You don't have to be a lawyer. No, you don't have to be a lawyer. You have to be, to be anything. Court. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that's oh. the story on all that. What were we, we been talking about? Oh, oh no! Here we you go. know what that sound means? This week in fascism. That is correct, Tommy. And oh, what a week it's going to be! Oh man, that's that's going on way too long. <laughs> Thank you. I, I did that on purpose to say when you were going to so say old. turn it off. I'm just so old. <laughs> But I don't know if you heard about this story today. A man was arrested near Supreme Court Justice oh. Brett Kavanaugh's house in Maryland after threatening to kill the justice. Yeah, well, this we're going to blame on the, those goddamn liberals. Well, that's why I was bringing this up. But uh, this this guy is 26 years old. His name is Nicholas Roski. He told police that he was upset by a leaked draft opinion suggesting the Supreme Court is about to overrule Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. He also said that he was upset over the school massacre in Uvalde, Texas, and believed that Kavanaugh would vote to loosen gun control laws. So that's why he did it. Yeah. All right. So he's a lefty. He, I guess you could say he's a lefty, an extreme lefty, <laughs> because everyone there. I'm sure there are some people out saying like, oh, if only he, they, if only they had taken him out. You know, Biden could appoint a replacement. Then it's like, you know what? No one wants to do it that way. And can I just the Democrats? And it just it's just gonna it would just reflect bad on the Democrats if that ever happened. You know, every time there's a mass shooting, don't you think the NRA says, "Please God, don't let it be a white guy." Please God, don't let it be an automatic weapon. Please God, I know. Every time there's a terrorist attack, you of think course the they Arabs do. don't say, "Please God, don't let it be an Arab." Please God, don't let it be an Arab. I know. So these people, I I think we're so aware. Like it was a lefty. Yeah, it was a lefty. Okay, so this is, and I think it's not something that we have to hide. 
divide. I think it's something we have to say. If the lefties are so anti-gun and this guy's a lefty and went out and used a gun, the problem is guns. Yeah. He shouldn't have been he shouldn't have had access to a gun. Well, this guy had with him, he had a Glock 17 pistol, ammunition, a knife, zip ties, pepper spray, and duct tape, among other items. There was a crowbar <laughs> too, which I just thought was so sexy. Yeah, right? Jesus. But it's like political assassination like this never does any good. And I no, of course I bring up the most famous example of a political assassination was when a Caesar. Polish no, Pol when a Polish Jew assassinated Fernando. no, when a Polish Jew assassinated a German diplomat in the 1930s, and that gave Hitler the excuse for what was called Kristallnacht, the night Kristallnacht. of broken, the night of broken, broken glass. glass. So yeah. yeah, so that's all the more reason why this that the left should not be doing this because it's only going to be used as an excuse to demonize the left. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But the left did it. And we did it. And that was us. Just as the same way it was them. So so well, it's on, not many, a them problem. It's not a them well, issue. Well, it's like how many it's times us issue. How many times like when we hear the news of a shooter and when we hear the news, well, oh, he was a Trump supporter. And then we're like, aha. Exactly. See? That, that's, see? That, that's right. That's right. You're exactly right. That's exactly what I'm saying. I know. And and it and being that way, now we can't look at this guy who wants to break into Kavanaugh's house. Not for nothing. Personally, I'd give this guy 20 minutes of the best head he ever had in his life if he got it done. But the point is that we are not we are not exempt from that sort of danger of being that dangerous. No, the not anymore. We will do this. We will do it too. And that's a that's that's an issue. Like you say, it's an issue. It makes us look bad. Yeah. We got to look at it, though. We got to say, the fuck are you doing? Right. We got to take control of our own. For years, I can't tell you how mad I am and was at the Catholic Church. Why are you not taking care of this? Why are you not taking care of your own? Why are you not getting in there and saying, no, no, why? Yeah. And I can't hold myself or a, a political party to a different standard. I know, of course. That's why I'm so mad at Democrats right now. But Line up, please. I mean, I Just get keep, off topic. Keep, keep yeah. going. Keep going. Well, also, uh, for the week in fascism, this week fascism. on Thursday night at 8 p.m., oh, the man. U.S. House of Representatives Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection will hold the first of six televised hearings. Unbelievable. And all I can say is it's about time. And who's not airing it? Oh, who's not airing it? The propaganda network that goes by the name of Fox News Network or whatever, which, like I said, it's as someone once said, it's is that any there's if that's not proof that this is not a news network, I don't know what is. It's just it's unbelievable. They televise all those Benghazi hearings, gavel to gavel. Right. Pursued Hillary Clinton over Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi right. for God knows how many years. But the one since insurrection, no, they're not going to cover that. God forbid they do that. Okay, that's the low-hanging fruit, is making fun of them and holding them to say, why aren't you going to air this? That's easy. Okay, they have too much to hide. Everybody well, knows course. why. Like I said, they're a propaganda network. We all know that, you know? it's. But this just makes it, this should make it that much more evident to those who say, oh, it's a good news, Charles. You only that's want to what on. I'm saying, is where is the, oh, shit, duh, moment? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. You said it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. 
We're together now. We're in Simpacado. About time. 40. 40 episodes. What? Jesus Christ. I know people 52 years we in Simpacado. <clears throat> anyway, on the f- first night of the hearing, two people who were scheduled to testify are a Capitol Hill police officer who was there during the insurrection and a documentarian who interviewed the Proud Boys. Okay. So it's like, wow, I guess we're going to go be laying out the whole conspiracy right out from the very beginning. You well, know? you know what? I, I got I have to hope that this is taken seriously and that the country sees this for what it is. And it's not well, one of the only cons- a political ploy. I need, well, I'll tell you what, I need Marlick Garland. Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland. Who, I never heard of him before he his seat got stolen from him. He was a federal judge who was nominated by Obama to the Supreme uh, Court. This, uh, this is how I heard of him. Yeah. Okay, but but his career and now is the Attorney General. Now he's the Attorney General. But he has, I have been so frustrated with him. I was so team You Merrick. are not alone on that. Um, a lot of people are very frustrated with the pace of his investigation. Was, and I hope that this and pushes him And I hope that this is what he's using as as see so now that the now that the congress has put this out there has laid the case out now i can go and do what i need to do as the head of the doj and my evidence is already laid out for me they've yeah. already laid the they've already said so now i i hope that's what he had i hope i i merrick what are you doing i know Everyone's saying, "Be patient, be Come patient." On. Like That's, and I'm saying, I'm ready to, I'm willing to be patient, but I want to pay off down the line. I want to know what I'm being patient about. Yeah, and this is it. This is it, Merrick. It's up to you because I know what they're gonna. I know they're gonna bury them. Of I know course. that this committee is gonna bury them. Well, according to one news report, they're supposedly gonna have this former federal judge and lawyer who advised former Vice President Mike Pence on basically what he could and couldn't do. You know, at the at the counting of the votes and everything. Okay, his I name thought that was Gore. Gore didn't uh, didn't he call Al Gore? He may have called Al Gore, but he called this guy, and they're going to be more than likely calling this guy to, to the stand to the stand okay. because he's widely respected in the conservative legal movement. Okay, so they figure, all right, this guy is going to explain why Pence couldn't do what Trump said. What Trump said he could do. That's why they're having this guy on. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. What I don't understand is, would they have him on live without having interviewed him privately first? They probably have interviewed him privately first. Are they? Uh, is are these live hearings not just bringing back people that they've interviewed previously and interviewing them again? I don't know. I don't. No, I do know that they are that they're supposedly going to be showing the t- uh, recorded interviews of Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner live. Well, no, they're, they're not testifying live. But they, they're going to they show them testify, live. Then they're going to show their interviews live. live. Yes, and of course everybody says deceptive editing, blah blah blah. Of course, but the biggest problem that they're worried about right now is whether the American people are going to be paying attention to this right now, because right now American people seem to be more concerned about gas prices and food prices, and they're not really concerned. Unfortunately, they're not concerned. They may not be concerned enough about what happened on one six anymore. Because you know, you know how the attention span is of the American people. Well, you got to say a third of them are going to watch it. Yeah, a third of them are going to ignore it. Yep. Again, like it's so much in America, so much in every civilization, yeah. I suppose, is that that middle third, and it's show, it's got it's showbiz, it's razzle dazzle. You got to sell it. You got to make it matter. You well, that's gotta what it make is. It that's, what, that's why they're doing some prime time. 
at the Watergate hearings, they all, they all took place during the daytime. Right. They're bringing us right tonight at prime time. They want people to see this. To watch this. Right. You know? Yeah, and they should, and, and that's another, I bet they're going to bury them. That's, that's the idea. So, but, but that's but, what it sounds like from all the interviews they've had with Liz Cheney oh and other God. members of the committee in the past week. They're saying, we're going to show you a months long conspiracy. Yeah. Here's the thing. Once they lay it all out like that, don't they have an obligation or don't they have a, a sense of having to do something about it? Who? I don't know. Is, the it, only is ones, it Merrick Garland? Yeah, it's the Justice Department. They're the ones who have the option of acting on the report of the House Committee. It's up to them then whether or not they pursue the prosecutions. Let me ask you this. They just put this guy in this motherfucker. I hate this motherfucker. They just put him in jail. They took him from the airport. They put him in jail. Oh, Peter Navarro. I hate this. I hate He's an this idiot. Arrogant. Yeah, he's an fuck. idiot. Yeah. I hate him. So, so could they have him? Could he possibly be one of these witnesses? Unlikely. He's an uncooperative witness. They're right. not going to, they wouldn't, they wouldn't call him before the stand. The same reason that they wouldn't call Trump. They're not going to call Pence. Oh, I think you're wrong. They wouldn't call them. They're not going to say, what, what they're going to go up there and they're going to say, I refuse to answer. I'm, I'm, He's going to say, I'm, gonna, I'm asserting executive privilege. And of course, he doesn't have executive no, privilege. No, no. But he'll assert it anyway. Well, that's what, what's his name? The guy from the airport did. That's his argument. Oh, yeah. Peter Navarro, that he was protected by executive the privilege. privilege from the president. No, the only one who, who can exert executive privilege is, is the, the current president. That's the, the executive. Not the past right. one, the current one. <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, <laughs> it's, again, but again, isn't it such a ridiculous idea that everybody should just say, that's not how it happened. I know, but they don't. It's so, uh, no, the stork does not drop the baby. No. Right? I know. Well, on the other hand, you have to say, no, the earth is not flat and an argument with an adult still. So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know where you're going with that. I, it's, it's just... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know. There's been wine. Uh, yes, there's been wine. And now there's chocolate cookies. <laughs> where are we? Well, we're done with the week in fascism. Oh, we're really? now up to We Like to Watch. Okay, like so I watched Fire Island. I like to watch. I like to watch. It, Patrick, it sounds straight. I gotta be honest. <laughs> What do you mean it sounds straight? Well, there was a man and a woman. Well, yes. Okay, it's... It's it's Peter Sellers and Shirley MacLaine. Okay. It's too obscure to get in a five-second clip. It's gay men. We don't need a woman and a man. This is why I think I'm going back. Why I object to heavy petting. I don't want to hear that bitch moan. I don't want to hear her moan. Okay, I'm a respectable gay man. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear some bitch moan. So you were saying, as we entered, we like to watch it. You watched the movie Fire Island, I watched as Fire did I. Island. So okay. did I. Uh, and what did you think? What were your thoughts? What were your immediate thoughts? We need a movie about Cherry Grove is what we need. That was my immediate thought. I'll tell you one thing. I thought this was a this was this was absolutely a, a movie about Cherry Grove people. Cherry Grove people in the pines. In the pines. Yeah. Right. And that's so that that's way too inside and obscure for the 177 friends I have over there in uh, Alabama. But I tell you what I what I my initial problem was was the title Fire Island because it leaves the impression for people who live outside the country or may not live in New York that the whole of Fire Island is gay. Yes. It is not. It is. There are two out of 13 communities on Fire Island They're all gay. that are queer. Those are Cherry Grove, which is the oldest gay community on the island, and the Pines. Yes, the Pines is your A-list gays, your Calvin Klein. Yes, yeah. and this movie took place primarily in, in, the, Pines, in the Pines, which side joins to the, to the Grove 
for like the underwear party scene, which takes right, place right, which right. took place at the Ice Palace. They didn't do the invasion, which I thought was. But of course, then they have to. Then, then they well, it was a story of one week. One there week they had right. there. Right, 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 right. I mean, for what it was, it was entertaining enough. It was like a queer takeoff on Pride and Prejudice, which I didn't know going in, and I didn't get while I watched it. Okay, so whatever it is, I tell you what I know. Okay, first of all, I watched it because of Nick Adams. Yes, he was in this. Okay? Yes, I adore Nick Adams. I know you do. So, and 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 this he, this movie shows why, except it doesn't show his ass. But but he's beautiful, and he plays one of the mean girls. He plays pretty much the chief mean girl. Yeah. Very punchy. So uh, that's why I watched it, okay? I didn't realize that he wasn't one of the, like, leads. Okay. All right. All the three leads... Yes. ...were all Asian. Yes. What, Kim Foster, I think is his name? You're going to ask me for their names, and I'm not going to And gonna Bowen Yang. Except for the woman. And Margaret Cho. Margaret Cho. Okay, so now here's what I'm saying. Uh, Kim Booster is his name, I'm sorry, because he's I, the one who wrote it also. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. I was aware of the Asians. Okay. Okay. Eventually, I was like, uh, whatever. Here's my problem. Okay. Their names. Okay. You have three Asian leads. Right. Noah. Right. Yeah. So they all have a, a anglicized. What was what names. was it? Wally Walter? I, I forget Walter. now. Howie. Howie. Yeah. Okay. So you got Noah, Howie, and Aaron. Yeah. I I don't know what to make of that of those two facts. Okay. If there's anything to be made at all. Okay. Okay. It's something that I noticed. I love the fact that they had the, the and and he was beautiful. Well, God, maybe Jesus the, Christ, maybe, that maybe, man is maybe he named the characters that way because he wanted to make them more related to the audience. So, but then this way they're saying, all right, but, you know, they're just Asian. They have these names or whatever. Oh, but they're still being treated like shit by these A-list gays or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah, maybe it was just written as it was written, and they just happened to fall upon these three wonderful Asian actors. And I got to say, they were awesome. Margaret Cho was awesome. Yes. And the, and the three and of them. And the lead, yeah. The I three mean, of them were awesome. Yeah. He was the hottest thing. Oh, Kim Booster. He was I gorgeous have seen. Looking. Holy shit. Right? Gorgeous looking. And then the guy who played. Well, his like, character was a bit of a dick throughout the movie. <laughs> Does he know? Like, he really wasn't. Or was he dick? He was trying to do. Uh, I know, he was trying to do the right thing, but he was such a. Are, are you talking? Are you talking about the young hot guy or the hot? Or, or no, the, the young hot guy. The young hot guy. Yeah, I thought his character was a bit of a dick throughout. God, he was beautiful. But yes, he was gorgeous. He really was. Uh, he's, so I was thankful for that. But yeah, so that's what I watched. Yeah, me too. And then I watched. Then I took the dog for a walk. Okay. Okay. Because oddly, again, my fucking dog is weird. If I'm in the house yes. at late at night, 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, when mm-hmm. I normally come home, he won't come out with me when I come home. If I'm in the house, 10, 11 o'clock, he'll go out with me. Don't figure, right? I, he's fucking weird, Patrick. He's fucking weird. And I'm afraid how he's going to behave on Sunday. I just want to say that out loud now. We'll worry about that then. But and what were you watching? I was watching. So what happened was I took the dog for a walk. And when I came back, Netflix had moved on to or Hulu or whoever the fuck. had moved on to whatever the next thing was. And it was this thing called they had parties in their houses or some shit. And it was like a gay history thing. Okay. But this was the episode of the 50s. Okay. And that was on. And that was really cool. You know the name of the show that you were watching? I just said they had parties in their houses. Oh, that's the name of it. Okay. I think I think that was the name of the, of that episode. Like of that 90 minutes or... But you don't know the name of the series then? I have no idea. Okay. It could be... Big it, help! It could be just called Pride. So listeners, just go pouring through the TV, look for a TV episode of some show called They Have Parties in 
their houses. And, and yeah, I think it might be one of those CNN like things that they do, like they're doing now with the Watergate. Okay. Um, some of those are really good. It might have been one of those, but it was a C. It was a. It was a. a fuck you, Patrick, making me. I here. Here I am making fucking flags. Anything you watch that you recall the name of? <laughs> Patrick is an ass. <laughs> Steven should have killed him long ago, uh, but that, that that I had to pay for, and I wasn't happy. I, uh, nothing. You know what? It was a busy week. Okay. I was out. I had the kids. I had shit to do. I was unhappy. Uh, so, yeah. So, okay. yeah, I, I didn't watch too much. Fair enough. Okay. I watched plenty, actually. Okay. What'd you watch? Well, Tell first, me. this weekend, we went to go see the production of Being Earnest. Uh, okay. Sony Theater. Or Westbury Arts uh, Center, whatever it's called. Okay, I'm a big Oscar Wilde fan. As a matter of fact, I'm mad at you because I have to wear a fucking costume on the march because I can't wear my Oscar Wilde t-shirt like oh, I planned. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have to wear some pink thing. Yes, you do. With a QR code. That's right. Go ahead. Anyway, this was a adaptation of The Importance of Being Earnest by Danny Higgins. And how was it adapted? He basically cut out a lot of the obscure political and historical references, so you didn't have to deal with any of those that kind of dialogue, because no one's going to get any of those references 100 years later, you know? Okay. And then also the, the, the characters themselves, he basically cast some men as women, some women as men. Lady Bracknell was played by a man. Lady Bracknell was frequently played by a man. Our youthful ward... Uh, Bryce Avery Powell played Gwendolyn and did a fantastic job in it. Okay. So, and I got to tell you, I am not a fan of The Importance of Being Earnest. Not one of my favorite plays, because I think it is very talky. <clears throat> and it's kind of reminded me of that, but at the same time, I actually enjoyed this more than a regular production of The Importance of Being Earnest, because it was edited down a bit. It concentrated just on all the relationships and all, everything going on with that. The costumes were fucking fantastic. Who did it? Lynn Chorchari. I can never pronounce her name right. Okay. Beautiful freaking costumes for all the okay. actors. Oh, my God. Gorgeous costumes. Now, you and I saw something with what's-her-name that was Oscar Wilde. Oh. That was, was, uh, gross, that, that was gross indecency. Gro no. No. No, it was on Broadway. It was a sunny thing, and it was with the girl, Kim Cattrall. I believe. I didn't see it then. Yeah, it was, it was definitely with the gang. Okay. Continue with what you're saying. But, uh, like I said, the costumes are great. The set, I mean, this is done, like, in the basement of this building. And... The production, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And it's in this, you know, square area. And it's not square, but it's an area and stuff. And smartly, the co-artistic director of the company, Nicole Savin, she and a few others decorated the ceiling of... The th of this of the theater space. Okay. So it was like a garden atmosphere. Okay. Added to it, and with that, and there was a you know just a simple set with you know some furniture in it, not a lot, and the the ceiling actually added so much yeah. to the production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really added to the feel of it so much. It was absolutely gorgeous looking. Okay. Good. And like I said, I'm not a I was not a big fan of the play. The importance of being earnest. This I was actually a fan of. I actually enjoyed this. Did the time get cut? It was cut to about two hours. Oh. Because I think ordinarily play runs like over three hours, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it depends on the pace yes. of the production. Because, like you say, it's very. It's bloody. very talky. It's and so, very talky. And so I've seen a production where the actors are just all standing there and yeah. delivering their lines. If and it's a ho, 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 and ha, ha, ha. Right. Aren't I being clever? If it's a presentation like that, it's. It, and it, that this, is this wasn't it. This had a more contemporary queer sensibility to it. So anyway, uh, being earnest, actually, well, you're going to hear this on Friday, 
And I believe they have one more performance on... They actually have two performances on this Saturday as well. Their the final 11th. two performances. Yep. Yes, on June 11th. Yeah, because we're marching on the 12th. Yes, we are. Marching. And then what else did I... Ah, yes, I watched finally the whole second season of Hacks on HBO Max. Did you watch the show at no, all? No, I don't have HBO Max. Oh, what a shame. Funny, funny show. Gene Smart plays this comedian. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this before. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, the no, series just ended. Much. It's... I, I, highly, I highly recommend it. She's fantastic in the series. Awesome. Really, really is. I like her. But the way the series, en- the way the season ended, it ended like it was the end of the series. Well, uh, were they picked up? They haven't decided yet. They haven't made a decision. Then that's a good choice. Well, they interviewed the showrunners and they're like, well, we still have episodes that we want to, we want to do another season or two. I'm sure, yet. I'm sure they have a season they're like, or two. This wasn't though. planned to be the end of the series. I, I, I believe that writers probably are working two, three seasons in advance of what's airing. I mean, I, I, I was going to use The Crown. Okay. As in, because that is so self-writable. Right. But there are some shows like Lost, which they just made yeah, up as they yeah. went along, you yeah. know? They didn't plot everything out. Didn't they, though? No, they really didn't. They said that they didn't. Really? They really okay. Yeah. That they just, you know, played it by ear. Because I think that season by season is, like, the writers... I think as the seasons went on, they developed a certain mythology at that point. Then they had to stick with that, so then they knew how it was going to end. Okay. I, I think in the beginning... It. I think in the beginning, it was just like, all right, let's try this. <laughs> I think at the beginning, that's what they all are. Right. Isn't it? I like, would think. I would think. Yeah. You know, see what sticks. See what sticks. Right. Because like, even the Golden Girls, which is a, as iconic and epic as a television show gets. Right. At least for like that 10 million of us. Yes. That first season, the first season of All in the Family, Edith has a different voice. The first oh, season yeah. of Will and Grace. Yep. Karen has yes, a different Yes, she does. Voice. So that first season is always a throw it up and see what sticks. Yes. Oh, definitely. I like that. I, yeah. I, 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 I like that. I think there was something about Cheers too and come on was there a more iconic television show at that time than Cheers right but anyway yeah. another limited series that I watched was on Hulu called Pistol didn't watch it oh it's really good what's it about it is the story of the rise and fall of the Sex Pistols. Oh. Directed by Danny Boyle. Okay. It's like six episodes. Really, really well done, I thought. It's based on the it's partly based on the book written by the guitarist for the band, Steve Jones. He wrote okay. a book about it and stuff. They had no cooperation, of course, from John Light and Johnny Rotten. He he actually he actually sued at one point to stop the film producers from using the the, uh, the group's music in the movie. Okay, but the other members of the band outvoted and they said, "Sorry, we're there. We're letting them use the, mo- the so movie." So is music. this a Johnny Rotten bashing? No, it isn't really. It's not. It's not a bashing of any of them. It's just trying to show how this band formed, what happened to them, and how they ended up. That was a fucked up band. Yes, it was. <laughs> they were fucked up, but they were—they they were truly revolutionary for their yeah, time. Yeah, you know, yeah. I well, mean, they—they shook—they shook up rock and roll. Yeah, you know, yeah. they literally did. They were, they, yeah, they were punk. And were like watching this, punk. it was fun because I was watching this. I'm like, did all this happen, or did the writers make some of this up? And I'm, then I went back and researched, and I'm like, no, these events actually happened. I bet it was worse. They had this one woman, which I think they probably exaggerated the story more. 
I guess she was a mental patient and Johnny Lydon knew her and she was, I guess, got out of the mental hospital and she had a bag in which she carried her aborted fetus. Oh, in. Jesus. Why would you bring that up? Because that's what happens on the series. Oh, six episodes? They cover that. That's, that's covered in one of the episodes. That's crazy. And, of course, it covers the whole Sid Vicious story yeah. about him and Nancy Spongin Nancy. and what happened to them, which was so tragic. It's, it, and it's great music. I and mean, it's not just the Sex Pistols music. There's other bands' music yeah. in it as well. It's great. And it captures the whole energy and the chaos of the period. What's it called? Pistol. It's on Hulu. Interesting. Yeah, it's streaming on Hulu. So, yeah. Interesting. I highly recommend it. Okay. And that was it for me for what I watched. Okay. I was going to talk about Fire Island, but we already talked we about talked it. We talked about Fire Island. Yeah. Uh, Nick Adams. God damn, that man has a torso. I just... <laughs> it makes my tongue hard. <laughs> I have... I actually have... Of a photo album on what, like, saved somewhere of photos of just Nick Adams. Okay. He's so beautiful. One scene that really bugged me in that movie, though, was really funny you brought it up. When And it's from the beginning. They're walking down the boardwalk, and the lead character, Noah, says hi to these one or two men that are passing by. And they don't say anything back to him. And Bo and Yang's like, what are you doing? You know, saying hi to them and stuff. And I wanted to say, yo, Bitch, you know, maybe in the Pines you don't say hi to each other in the boardwalk, but in Cherry Grove people say hello to each other on the boardwalk. I, I have you to know? say, they did a very good job of separating the Pines from Cherry Grove. Like, even in the photography. Yeah. They didn't use Cherry Grove as the Pines. No, I don't think. no, not at all. I mean, you basically that saw... That one scene where he walks past Cherries? Yes, he, there's a scene saying, where, yeah... Is that is he supposed to be in the pines? But then I no, no, they real no. It's yeah, definitely from Cherry Grove. Grove that he yeah. walked through the meat rack. But this is why I'm saying we need a movie about Cherry Grove. Um, we don't need any more movies I that play some of the pines. I have a book about Cherry Grove. Me too. I, I have it here. It's the a pines, great book. I think it's the same. Uh, the pines is where all the money is. That's where all the money is, where all the youth and the it glamour was cool is. To see Colin Syme. Yes, Kai, we, I almost forgot to mention that Colin O'Leary's artwork there. It was cool. Local was Long cool. Island artist. He's out there again. Yes, he is. I saw on Facebook that he's out there again. So um, congratulations on your yeah, that was nice. film artistic debut. I tell you what, he wasn't invited to the premiere. He lives right there. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was bad. No, it was Ooh. bad. They premiered it on Fire Island. Okay. Like in Cherry Grove. Yeah. Like in the palace. Not the palace. What's it called? The Ice Palace? The pavilion. No. Oh, the billion over in the pines. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, and he wasn't invited, and that Ooh. was, uh, yeah, that was that was quite a slap in the face. I would say so, yeah. but that's the pines. That's the pines. Fuck, that's the pines. And that's why I hope people don't get the impression that all Fire Island is like that. Because Cherry Grove, to me, is the opposite. It's more diverse population-wise. Yes, yes. It's friendlier. It's yes. a friendlier atmosphere in town than walking through the pines, I think. Yes. You're not being body-shamed the way... People feel when so, they're in the pines. You're wrong. I'm not saying it doesn't occur still. Of course, it's still <laughs> the turns. Body, the body. Gays are the worst when it comes to that. The we are the, are the worst fucking gays. body shamers gays there can the be. No one is gays worse than worst. gays when it comes to that. And 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 I have to say, I'm not innocent. No, I think we're all guilty of it. You know, we're all guilty of it. Nick Adams' torso just is, right destroys me. But uh, uh, but also, Danny like Vito's torso. It doesn't interest me quite the same. But like those characters in that movie, I mean, we go out there, me and Stephen and a group of our friends, we go out there for a week in July out to the Grove. Right. We get a house out there. Right, right, right. And we have a great time. It was very relatable like that. Yeah. 
it really was that I could you know relate to yeah. and stuff. But like I say, it's just there's a big difference between the Grove and the Pines. The towns are very different. They're yeah. very and that is that what you mean by a movie about Cherry Grove is to address that because I yes. think you can address that entire thing just in the story of the invasion. Oh yeah, definitely. One movie about that particular story tells the whole, or even story. or even just showing like the whole changing of the demographic in 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 Cherry Grove, especially after the whole AIDS epidemic, you know, the height of the AIDS epidemic, more lesbians moved into the Grove. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. A lot the, of girls the gay homeowners were dying. Yeah. But yeah, one day I got to see a decent story about Cherry Grove, just decent film story about Cherry Grove. Now that now that I, you know you got a hair up my ass about, it, I want a story about that night. I want a story about the night she went over to to to, to the pond and, and got out. thrown out. Yeah. And what happened the next day? And I, that's the movie I want to see. Right. Because that tells me what I need to know about both of those communities in a single narrative. Maybe someone in Hollywood is listening to us and they'll pick up on the idea. Fuck them. They better pay me, bitch. <laughs> we ain't got merch, okay? I need to be paid for the idea. Yeah. That's a good idea, though. Yes, it is. Right? Good idea. It's a good narrative. Yes, it is. Maybe we'll work on it. Really? Yeah. I don't know anything about making a movie. Neither do I. Do you have to do it in order? No, you don't do it in no, order. No, of course not. Anyway, we'll talk more later. We okay. now move on to our next segment. God, Karen, you're so stupid. Yes, it's people saying stupid things. Okay. And for this one... I don't have a direct quote because there were just too many quotes, but my nominee for this week is the Uvalde Police Department. Oh, this is a disgrace. Because I mean, I'm not here to talk about their incompetence as a police force and what they failed to do during that shooting. I'm talking about all the stupid bullshit that they peddled off onto the media and everyone around the world following this. And every day, new details came out and a whole different story would come out. And it's like, Jesus Christ, have you people never held a press conference before? It's awful. The whole thing is awful. But I have to say, on a more uh, micro-personal level, I think that this topic should be funner than this. Ordinarily it is, but first of all, I couldn't find anyone else who said anything incredibly stupid this week. Okay. And I just thought, yeah, what they had, what they said was incredibly stupid. It may not be humorous, but man, it was a fucking stupid. But it was beyond stupid. It was inhumane. It was, uh, it proved some, some sort of lack of, how do you do that woman? That mother? Oh, the mother, I know. Oh, please. But that whole, I mean, I think that one police chief was up there and he looked like a deer in the headlights it's, saying what he was saying. It's, it's an, it's an embarrassing thing. You know, what's funny. It's, it's almost embarrassing as like, how did Vladimir Putin feel? When he thought he was going to walk into fucking Ukraine in seven days. Yeah. And he got exposed as a fraud. Yeah. And now four months later. Right. And, and God help those people. My God, those Ukrainian people. My God. Um, and the Russian people who are really being forced to fight for a battle they don't need. It's, it's awful. Everything about it is awful. But we were relating it to, help me here. We were on Uvalde. Uvalde. Yes. Yes. And it, it's just so, it's just such an un, uh, unnecessary event. Mm-hmm. They um, compounded it with their with their bullshit. They compounded the tragedy with their bullshit. Just say there was a guy who thought we shouldn't go in 
so he didn't. Yeah. You, but you got to say something. The mayor hasn't been seen. Or the, the guy who runs the police department. The, the one them. who made the decision not to go in, he hasn't, hasn't been seen. Hasn't been seen. Uh, one of them was elected up onto the city council. Yeah, something like that. Something weird going on. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey is from there. He oh, yeah, he made up. He, he's been down there. He, he went to the White House. I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday. And he did. He did and then he did a whole press conference. It's so serious that he did that press conference. And it was really good. I got to tell you, he gave one hell of a speech today. He did it really with his did. shirt on. <laughs> yes. That's how you know it was serious. Yes. Because Matthew McConaughey with his shirt off is no joke. No, it's bitches, not. But he was at the White House. He showed decorum. Uh, all joking aside, it, it's 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 a disgrace. It's a fucking disgrace. Yeah. After Columbine. Nope. After that, that act of hell in Connecticut, mm-hmm. Sandy Hook. Yep. And I'll tell you what, I don't... I, I, it's not a good thing. But I said, if we don't do anything about this now, we're never gonna. And I was right. I know. And it's not good to be right. I know. But now here this is again. Uh, in the meantime, we say to the Uvalde Police Department. Stupid! You're so stupid! So stupid. Just so. Yeah. Oh, could it be that they're brown? Could it be that all of those victims were brown? I don't think that had anything to do with it. Because the members of the police force were brown also. Okay. That's fair. So I don't. Think, I don't know anything about this. I don't area. think race had anything to do with it. Uvalde sounds like some sort of interior organ. Well, it's or, probably a Spanish-derived word. Of course, it's down it's, in Texas. Uh, you know, as is New Mexico, San Diego, Santa Ana. Anyway, we're going to move on to our next segment now. This, but this one really upsets me. Well, here's one to make you happy. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. You play that for Matt Sinise, don't you? Like, you play that solely for Matt Sinise. No, I play it because it's appropriate for the segment. No, you would play the fucking first phrase <laughs> if it was appropriate. That for the is segment. the first phrase. Raindrops on roses. No, 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 no. I mean, the the, the correct phrase. The thing, the what? phrase that we need. What's the phrase we need? Our favorite five things? Fa- this is a five, five phase. phase. These are a few of our favorite things is all you need. Your plan the whole fucking verse yes for Matt because it's fucking Julie Andrews uh, and I don't want to play the whole fucking verse is that okay it's your website you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> okay god jeez this is what happens when we're not together for a while <laughs> Jesus. You have nobody to confront you. Oh, because that's, that's what I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what you need. Oh, really? And you know what? You know it, because that's exactly why you asked me to do this with you, and not somebody else. Well, I know I didn't do it for your sparkling personality. <laughs> Some people like me. Mm, how much do you pay them? I have no money. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. Anyway, for our five faves today, our topic is our five favorite fictional queer characters. I have to say, this was harder than I thought. Yes, me too. But this was really difficult. But I found it. Did you? Yes, I I, I, I had a list. I got I I got further than than I anticipated. All right. Why don't we just start? Start with your first one. Mouse. Mouse. Mouse from the Armistead Malpin. Oh, from Tales of the City. From Tales yes, of, the City. of course. I love him. Great character. I love him. Uh, he goes on a journey. He sees things. He learns things. I love him. Yep. Um, he's adorable. I like Mouse. Great character. That's I agree my first with that one. Okay. My first choice, Harold from Boys in the Band. Okay. Why Harold? <laughs> I just love that. A serpent, nasty ass wit of his. This is, brings me to my. Second. When I picked my five, I was thinking, who would I want to invite to a dinner party? <laughs> 
That was my premise for how I picked my five favorite. It'd be great conversation. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Who's your second choice? Agador. Agador Spartacus, Agador of course. Spartacus. The birdcage. First of all, Hank Azaria. Oh, my God. He's great in that role. Um, great in that Azaria. part. There's been a few bumps. He worked on for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gloria. Yeah. Oh, forget <laughs> When I wear the shoes, I fall down. <laughs> yeah, no, he, it's, a, it's, a, it's the perfect example of a secondary character who steals the show. Yes, exactly. He absolutely steals the show. He also does in the, in the musical. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen the musical. The, that character can, I saw Seneca do it. Okay. Seneca, uh, what's her fucking drag name? LaBelle. Okay. Okay. I saw her do... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Lacage. Of course I saw Lacage. Yeah, of course okay. I saw it. Uh, God damn, she was fucking funny. Oh, my God. You know, but it was very different. It was very much of a, a, a made approach instead right. of Agador, which is just this... I love it. Yeah. I, I bet that's... No, it's a role Hispanic. that we play many different ways, uh, but I love Tank Azalea's take on it. He took a he took a fucking leap. Yeah, he really it was did. awesome. Yep, it was awesome. I, I love him. My next choice, Brian Kinney from Queer as Folk. He was the lead. He was the lead the guy, good looking one. That yep. Okay. Okay. I like that. Why? He's the character that everyone wants to be like. Hot, in demand, has attitude for miles, gets away with doing what he fucking wants. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone wanted to be that character. Now there there are there are instances of that character that really turn me on. Yes. And there are instances that I get really, really angry. Oh at. yes, he does do he provokes that as well. Yes. He definitely That's does. where I fall with him. He's a mix he's a flawed character, like any like all of us, you it's know. It's hard to find gay characters because they're they're played in the early Hollywood days so bad. Yeah. And then there there really is no outstanding performance of a, of a, of an acceptable gay character. Yeah, or to what I find an acceptable gay character in cinema. Yeah, it's hard. It's it is just hard. hard. It's hard. Cinema books is books is hard. Books is better. Yes, but they're so they're they're so of a of a breed of a the stories are so bland. Yeah, it's just I can't. Okay, okay. Can we go to number three? You can go to your number three choice. Stewie Griffin. Stewie Griffin from What's My Bowl Family Guy. Family Guy. <laughs> now he is everything. Like he's he's. Uh, I love the completely un in un, unrelated English accent he has. Yes. The fuck does that come from? Right. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I love his. Med scientist view on the world and and yeah, Stewie. Stewie. Stewie's awesome. <laughs> I'm going for Stewie. Go for Stewie. My third choice. Uncle Arthur from Bewitched. Okay. They never really said he was gay, but he was the gayest uncle on TV. Let's talk about Without this a, a doubt. We're talking about Paul Lynn. It's Paul Lynn. But you know? Paul Lynn was the gayest person on, on television TV for the time. no matter what he did. It was... He was the gayest person. You, you never discussed it. You never talked about it. But there he was. Well, it's very funny. He appeared on an early episode of Bewitched as a driving instructor. Okay. And playing a totally different character and stuff. Okay. And then later on, you see him as Uncle Arthur. And two totally different characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, Uncle Arthur's a great character. Yeah, it really is. is. But it's right in Paul Lynn's wheelbarrow. Oh, God, yes. If you he took, made that character. You could, you, know? take, you could take Uncle Arthur and everything Paul Lynn did on the, the Hollywood Squares. The Hollywood Squares. Yeah. And uh, 
it's the it same guy. It's a, you know, and it's awesome. Yeah. Because no one had a delivery like Paul no, Lynn, man. No, and he's oh my so God. gay and so unabashedly gay. Yeah. And so good at owning it in code. Yeah. It's just a shame that he stayed in the closet for the he remainder knew what he of his had to life. Do. He I was, know. He was, you know, at that time. I mean, time, it was an open secret, you know? Yeah. Everyone knew. Yeah. Well, well, with Paul Lind, I think every, everybody in the world knew. Yeah. He didn't bother to hide characteristics, stereotypes. No. The, he mean, just never said laugh. out loud. Okay. Rock Hudson was a different story altogether. Oh, God, yeah. He had uh, a whole he image had... to uphold as yeah, a yeah, man, you yeah. know? Paul Lynn never had that image. No, he didn't. So uh, yeah, He was Burt McAfee in Bye Bye Birdie. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So it's two different things. Uh, they both deserve respect. Yes. I love Paul Lynn. Me too. I love Paul Lynn. I always was, uh, yeah, uh, always able to relate to that type of humor. Right? Yeah. Paul definitely. Lynn. Yeah. Definitely. Who's your number four choice? Big Gay Al. Big Gay Al from South Park. Big Gay Al was fucking <laughs> awesome. Don't even start. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Yeah. That when he first appeared on the show, we were like, what are these guys gonna do now? Oh, they they paid homage. Yeah, they yeah. did. <laughs> they we did. had this whole big gay animal zoo story okay. going on. It was Yeah. It was good. They handled it well. They really they, did. Yeah, and big and, and I know big gay out. You know Big Gay Al. We all know a Big Gay Al. Yes, we do. There's even, it even sprung off into Big Gay Ice Cream. Yes. There's a Big Gay Ice Cream truck in New York City. I think now it's even more than a truck. I think it's like a store. That wouldn't surprise me. Big Gay Ice Cream. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, yeah, Big Gay Al. Big Gay Al was was for real. He was for real. He, you know, you know why? Because he was like a fictional character, but he he was an honest representation of yes, somebody, right? Exactly. I love Big Al. My fourth choice, Go ahead. Addison Dewitt from All About oh, Eve. God. <laughs> well, that's the ultimate cunt. Exactly. That's that. That's the same guy as the guy you said from the other. Well, movie. it's George Sanders was the actor who played. No, Addison no, no. no. I'm talking about the character. Your first guy was who? From the movie. My first guy was Harold from Boys in the Band. Now, isn't that sort of the same acerbic, biting... Yes, but... Cunty wit? But I think Addison DeWitt had more oh. class and flair to yeah. it, you know? Uh, he wore a cape! Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And also, I don't think Harold would have ever bothered having beards the way Addison did. No, he didn't have I mean, he had Marilyn Monroe's character when he walks in. Right, right. You know, yeah. later on, he marries Eve. Yeah. You know, but what a brilliant character! Oh, oh my God! I said my dinner, my dinner party. I want Addison there. It's hard. I was, I was <laughs> earlier. I said to you that it's hard to think about. Like you think about character, and it's hard to think of like gay characters that are not some sort of horrible well, or stereotype. stereotype yeah. and somebody who has a full arc and whatever it is. Uh, and I never thought of Alice into it, but he's and he—that's the perfect example of playing that character past the censors. Yes, definitely. Oh God, definitely. I mean, they never said anything about yeah. his sexuality at all. No, nothing is said. But him walking in with Marilyn Monroe, you knew. You knew. It's like, <laughs> come on, once she and you know she's there just to get ahead in her career. That's exactly. the only reason why yeah. she's with him. Yeah, but a man that age who has the opportunity to be that close to Marilyn Monroe at right. that time does not take her to a party. No. They stay in the hotel. Exactly. <laughs> it's a long way to go. Okay, you ready for number five? Yes, I'm, I'm ready, ready for number five. I'm going to cause controversy here. Oh, okay. Well, this is number five. Karen Walker. Karen? She's not. Well, no, that's not true. She is a bit of a... She's 
She's omnisexual, I would say. I have to go to I have to go to Karen Walker. And I will allow that. I appreciate that because I know it's uh, I know it's very subjective and very controversial. But, but come on, she slept with a, women on the show. She's a gay, you know. Man. Yeah, no, she's a gay. She slept with women. That's yeah, but she is a gay she's man. A gay. She, she's absolutely a gay man. Um, Karen is is my favorite gay of the four of them. Okay, I love Karen. <laughs> If later on, if we do a name your five favorite fag hags, it's going to be kind of, yeah, of course. Later, name your five favorite drunken, horrible women. Karen Walker. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the Abfab girls. Yeah. Yo, please. That goes without saying. Please. They're like, Eddie. they're like God in status. <laughs> oh, God. My God. Anyway, for my fifth and final choice, I chose. Bernadette from The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Okay, I don't know which Bernadette was, but I love Played by Terrence Stamp, the transsexual. Okay. Oh, I, I love that character. Okay. Love that character. Took no it's like bullshit. A mom, it's like a mom character. Yeah, she really is. And she took no bullshit yeah. from anybody. Uh, yeah. I mean, that one scene when she's you know defending the one drag queen when they're in that one really rough spot in Australia, and it's that's just, the movie where she popped the ping pong balls out of her. The the uh, the other girl, the, the Asian uh, girl, yes, the ping pong ball trick. I love that. Great movie. I, that's one of my favorite movies. I, I love I love Priscilla, and I love Terrence Stamp in that role. He's just he does an amazing job. He really really does. So I saw the movie, mm-hmm. and I saw it on Broadway with Nick Adams. Okay, I got a picture with me and Nick Adams. Okay, I don't stage door except for a couple of times I did. Yeah, and I got a picture with Nick Adams. Uh, and who did he play? He played the younger one, obviously. Okay, yeah. I think Audrey's husband played the guy you're talking about. Okay, look it up. Do I have to look it up? There? You have to look. We haven't looked up anything this whole episode. Oh, okay. we just like to like your word is truth. Well, yeah, isn't that good enough for you? Original Broadway cast. <laughs> Orange's husband was one of them for sure. God, what the fuck is his name? William, Will, Bill. Uh, let's see what we can find here. The musical. Orange's husband. The musical. Uh, Broadway. Nick Adams played Felicia. Okay. Bernadette was played, uh, I guess, Tony Sheldon. I don't know. It's not clear. And Tick was played by Will Swenson. Will Swenson is Aldous Hubbard. Okay. Oh, I didn't know, guys. Well, okay. I didn't realize that. That concludes our discussion of our five faves. we got to be coming close to the end, right? Yes, we are. We are now moving on to our final segment, the grumpy old gay man gripe of the week. All right, so here it is. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn. you got to cue me when I shouldn't talk. <laughs> Well, when you hear the title, you I figure st- I'll be I playing. stop, but professionally, like, <laughs> I shouldn't be talking during the clip. Yes. I need a cue. Okay. I don't know when the clip's well, coming. Your cue is when you hear me say the title, that's your cue to shut up. Anyway, right, so where are we? we're up to the grumpy old gaming gripe of the week. What's so, your gripe this week? It's. It, uh, I could go really big and talk about micromanaging horrible people. Okay. But I'm going to go small. Okay. And I'm going to talk about how. How do you get to be an adult who can get a job? How can you be of a job-getting age? Yes. And not know how to pack a grocery bag? Here's what happened. <laughs> I go You're to, in the supermarket. I go to 7-Eleven. Oh, why? It's the, I buy two what basically are Gatorade. Okay. Yep. You know, like, it's not Gatorade. It's the 7-Eleven brand replenish, revive, we, whatever the fuck. Yeah. A big, a bag of Tostitos. 
restaurant style uh, uh, for five dollars. Go fuck yourself. And Tostito salsa. Okay. Okay. And then I needed, you know, nicotine things. So I had other smaller things, but the, the guy packs the bag. Okay. So he puts the two water uh, Gatorade things in. Then he puts in the chips. Now, it's a bag that you get two bottles of wine out of a liquor store. But these bags now, these paper bags are so shit. Okay. They rip when you pick them up. Yes, they do. Okay. So, and then he looks at me. And he holds up the jar of, of salsa and sort of shrugs. Like he doesn't know how to put the... How do you get a job that you don't... That, that you can't pack bad? I'll have you know that you are not alone in that. Steven deals with that all the time when he goes grocery shopping. Did nobody's mother beat them when they did it well, wrong? Well, even... I mean... You would think they have common sense enough about packing a grocery bag. And obviously, when they hire them to work at the supermarket, they only train them as cashiers. They do not train them in the technique of bagging. Well, now they don't They, they, uh, they don't bag for you. No, they don't. No, no. You got to do your own You got to do your own. Yep. Like at Pat's, I love Pat's. Okay. Pat's is just like, maybe there's two of them. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar Girl. with it. It's in these style slippers across from Bayway. Uh, they have great prepared food. Think, uh, what's his name? The cowboy guy? Where I got my liquor? Stu Leonard's? Yeah. Okay. Cowboy but guy. Isn't Stu Leonard's a cowboy guy? The place is filled with cows and chickens and barnyard animals. Have you ever animals. seen the commercials with Stu Leonard on it? He's, no. He's no cowboy. <laughs> is he not like, like Western? <coughs> no, he's not a cowboy. Not at all. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, that's not the point. I forget the point. Baggers. Baggers. When I went, when I lived in South Carolina, yes. the first time we went to the grocery store. Now, again, we're going to go back a little further. I grew up with my mother, and and she would <laughs> she'd have a cart, a rounded cart in front of her, yes, and a rounded cart behind her, okay, pushed by one of the children who were terrified of catching her heels, of being close enough that she catches her heels on the. On the okay, so so uh, shopping was this horrible experience all the time. So I, but I knew how to pay. Yeah. Okay. I go to South Carolina. I, I moved to South Carolina. I live in Myrtle Beach, and the first time I go to Food Giant, that may be a Food Lion. Okay. Okay. I put all the things on the conveyor belt, and I move down to the bagging area, and the stuff comes down. So I start bagging it, and everybody in the store stops and looks at me. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Bag of my groceries. What the fuck are you looking at? You're not supposed to bag your own groceries. Like oh they, God. they, they literally was a. It was a thing. Like it was. It was weird. Wow. Like she, she kept looking back at me. <laughs> she would scan something and send it back down and look back at me and see that I was still bagging it. And it was. It made her uncomfortable. Like oh, it, it no. was weird. Like these people are gonna bag your. Gro- not oh, up here. God. Go fuck yourself. They don't know how to bag groceries. That's my that's my gripe of the week. And what a good gripe it was. I'm I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> the fuck. My gripe this week is about is about raves. 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 R a v e s. Yes. Okay. You know what a rave is. Have don't you, you? Been, you? I haven't been to one in twenty years. Have you? No, I have not. What's the problem? Well, the problem is this past Saturday night, I guess it was about, we were going to bed about 2, 2.15, and we realized that to turn the TV set off, we hear this loud 
thumping music. Okay. We go to bed, and we still hear this loud thumping music. We thought maybe, all right, so maybe someone's having a house party down the street or something. We go down the street. You live in a quiet residential neighborhood. Yeah. So I, I actually get out of the house, get out of bed, get walk, take a walk down to the corner. It's going way past just down the block. It's like blocks and blocks over. The sound is carrying over. And Stephen went on Facebook and social media and saw other complaints from other Farmingdale residents about how their windows were rattling. Is he in a Farmingdale mom's group? No, he's not in a Farmingdale mom's group. He totally should be. Because <laughs> that's where all the shit lies. That's where you get the shit. That's where the information flows. But, but it got so bad. I mean, I actually called 911. You did to re- I actually did to report a complaint. I was like, they're like, well, where's the noise coming from? I'm like, I don't know. I go, it's east of this street and south of this street. That's about the best I can tell you. And they said, all right, we'll send a cop. And I guess about half an hour to 45 minutes later, then all of a sudden the music stopped. Finally, about 3.30 in the morning, it stops. Huh. And then we find out the next day through social media that, that they may have been having a rave down at these abandoned warehouses over on Route 110 in the East Farmingdale Village of Babylon. Area. I can't believe you complained. And that they, I guess these raves travel around in different locations. That's what a rave is. Exactly, and stuff. But yeah, we complained. Fucking two-thirds. I shouldn't be hearing something that's over, over a mile away. And I'm hearing the music from it. I shouldn't be hearing that from over a mile away. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're old and grumpy. <laughs> Hence the grumpy old gay I'd say like a gay man who, oh, Saturday night? This is Saturday night. Who makes a Saturday night noise complaint? Like a gay man no, who makes a Saturday night noise complaint. We've had neighbors and they've had parties late at night. We don't complain mm-hmm. about that. Because usually by like one, two in the morning, the music's kind of stopped, you know? This was not stopping. It was no nonstop. And I, we were just like, how do other people not complain about this, you know? No, because what they did is they put their underpants on and went and partied. <laughs> That's what you should have done. Yeah, no, I was done for partying. It's not was... what I would have done. No. <laughs> on the other hand, I have always been known as somebody who could sleep through an apocalypse. So if I'm asleep, you go ahead and party. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> You're not going to interrupt me. And I, it's so funny because I thought about this last night, about the, the night I the, the night I realized that I had to go do, or, or the night that caused me to go for a sleep study. Yes. Yeah? Yes, I'll never I re- forget that I night. remember that. Yeah. That was a great night. <laughs> I was there that night. Yeah. And it was so, I thought about it You shook night. the house. And I thought, I'll never forget waking up and seeing him pacing back and forth, pissed (laughs) off. And and like not only pissed off, but like impotent. He didn't think there was anything he can do. He was just pacing and he was pissed. And I looked at him and I said, Are you okay? And he said, I'm fine. And I went back to evidently snoring enough to wake up Cherry Crow. And it was the next day that the abuse that I took made me realize I may have an apnea issue, which I do, by the way. So I went and got... Uh, I yeah, think Pablo called you the, what, the thief of sleep? The thief of sleep, yes. But Pablo could have called me anything he wanted to. Pablo was beautiful. And uh, yeah, completely uninterested in me. What else could I want in a man? 
Anyway, we digress from my original topic. Which I don't even know. Which was the raves. The raves. Yes. Yeah, you didn't like it. No. Well, I didn't like the fact that it was going on so loud that it kept me up at at 2, 3 in the morning. Now, a rave going on at the same time in Cleveland, you're okay with it. That's fine. I'm not going to affect my sleep. Right. You want to have your raves, do it in some area where you're not near residential homes, you know? Yeah. That's all. Okay. Preferably five miles away from residential areas. Yeah, and put the chips in the big list. (laughs) Chips, eggs, bread. Oh, my God. We now move on to the conclusion of this week's episode. I can't wait. What time is it? It's now uh, about 10.30. This has been two hours. Uh, A little bit less than two hours, actually. Because I remember Stephen saying, it's (laughs) 8.30. Don't tell him I said that. I won't tell him. Anyway, we want to thank my husband, Stephen Prendergast, for, totally his, do. for being my producer and for also providing us with chocolate chip cookies. He, he, gave, he gave them with you, yeah. Okay. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. And also, don't forget, you can find all of our episodes and more on our website, grumpyoldgamemenandtheirdogs.com. Yeah, it's on the web. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We Both have daily postings on those things. Do we do Instagram? No, we are not on Instagram yet. Okay. And lastly... That's where all the kids are. Yes, they are. They love their gram. Yes. I like Instagram. Uh, I'm not familiar with Instagram okay. at all. And lastly, if you're on Long Island this Sunday and we care to march in the Long Island Pride Parade with us here in the village of Farmingdale, we'll be lining up at the Northside Elementary School at the north end of Main Street in Farmingdale. I have no idea what any of that means. Well, you, all you have to do is find Main Street, I'll just face Google. north, and then go that way and you'll see a school. Uh, I'll Google and that's Web no, Oh, you'll Google Web it? Google you, will you get do me there that. on their maps. But anyway, the march, I believe, kicks off at uh, 12.30. I got to be there at 11 for a 12.30 kickoff. I know. I'm a nap. Yes, you go ahead and nap. I can't believe. I got to go buy shit. I I need, like, sunscreen. Yes, you do. It's very sunny. You'll definitely. I need some sort of thermos to hold lemon water in. Uh, I need to pack the bed, the dog's bed, oh my which is God. a portable bowl, a bottle of water from the tap, some treats, maybe a, a, a you know, it's a whole thing I got to do. Yes, it is. On a side. Instead, I could go to work. Oh, gee. Poor thing. But no. Bad. The sacrifice you must oh, make. I got to pack some. I got I to gotta make a special trip to CVS. Oh, no. I do. Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> that was going to be one of my choices. Who was the guy who said that? Snagglepuss. He was going to be one of my gay choices. Oh, Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. Yeah. That's right. My other gay choice was uh, Toddy from Victor Victoria. Oh, I love Toddy. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Toddy. But anyway, this brings us to the conclusion of our show. We want to say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life. And we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches.